0: Yes, the, uh, boy, that prayer was answered in a hurry. I just prayed for the Achilles, and here they are. Hallelujah. The young people are supposed to be here for, uh, to go, have a run-through on their skits and so forth tonight at 5, quarter till 5. Okay. If you'll open your Bibles to the book of Acts. Chapter 27. Chapter 27. Starting at verse 9. Now when much, much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because of the uh, fast was already over. Paul advised them, saying, "Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because of the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority advised to set sail from there also. If by any means they could uh, reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, open toward the uh, southwest and the northwest, and winter there. Then the south wind blew softly. Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, a te- tempestuous headwind arose. Called, say it again, Eurycliden. Okay. So, I, I have trouble with some of these words. You, anybody else have that? So when the ship uh, was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive, and running under the uh, shelter of the island called Claudia, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When they had taken it on aboard and used cable to undergird the ship, the feasting, uh, the fearing, and fearing least they should run aground on. Sardius, Sands, they struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly uh, tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food then Paul stood in the midst of them and said men we should have listened you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss and now i urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship for there stood by me this night an angel of god to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Hallelujah. I'd like to use that as the text. Verse 25 Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. Hallelujah. Father, there's many things in this day and age that would discourage us, but I believe it's going to be just as it was told. I believe the Word of God has it all mapped out. I believe that we can be encouraged by the word of God. I believe that the greatest day is yet to come. I believe our God is still on the throne. The timetable has been ticking off for a couple of thousand years now, waiting for the return of Jesus Christ, but I believe that it's coming soon. And I believe that you're going to come with 10,000 of your angels. You're going to take control, and this world will. It will see peace, for the Prince of Peace will be here. God, that's the message, and we're encouraged today by your word. Now let the Holy Spirit rest upon each of us. Let our minds and our hearts be open to the word, and let the Holy Spirit speak to each one of us in Jesus' name. Anoint this pastor now. Amen. Late in the 19th century, there was a scientist by the name of uh, Pierre Bethelot speaking to writers, and he predicted that uh, mankind would develop incredible, incredibly awful weapons. And he said, we are only beginning to list the alphabet of destruction. He went on to say that he feared that the human race might destroy itself. One of his visitors spoke up, and they said, I think before that time comes, God will come down like a great gatekeeper with the keys dangling from his waist and say, Gentlemen, it's closing time. We live in a day when there's a lot of people asking the question, Is it closing time? Is what's going on over in the Middle East? Is, is Armageddon about to come? Is Jesus coming soon? What's happening? We've got a lot of questions. And a lot of people are fear, filled with fear. But I believe that we as Christians can take hope because we have a God of hope. Hallelujah. And we ought to display that hope. First of all, I believe it's going to be just as God has told us. Amen? I believe God's word is forever settled in heaven. I believe that we have a sure foundation. We can build our faith upon the rock. Amen. So we have a word of hope this morning. The first thing I want to tell you about is the necessity of hope. Hope is one of the psychological and uh, uh, one of psychological and spiritual needs of the world today. People go around and they're. What what should I say? They're hopeless. They're hopelessly lost. They're they're without hope. They're worried. They're defeated. You know, hope can be medicinal. Researchers have found that people who go in to, for an operation who are defeated and, and depressed when they go in for the operation have less chance of recovery than those that go in who have a faith and a vibrant hope for the future. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, Proverbs 13:12 tells us. And our brother was telling us that at this time of year we have more suicides than at any other time of the year. It's because people see life as hopeless. They can't see any way out of it. They can't see their way through it. There's a lack of hope in our society today. I'll tell you, you're not going to get any hope by picking up the newspaper and reading it. You won't get any hope by listening to the newscast on television. Normally, you won't get any hope by just sitting around discussing things with people at work. The news media speaks of teenage suicide, speaks of family breakups, it speaks of a recession, it speaks of a bad economy, it speaks about hardships, it talks about wars that are about to take place. It, takes, it talks about the runaway epidemic of AIDS. And I don't find too much hope in most of those things. Except for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so the results is people are discouraged. Listen, when, when husband and wife are both working and some of them are working two jobs, so here you got a husband or a wife working two jobs and, a, and the other mate working a job and they still can't make ends meet, it becomes very discouraging. There's something wrong in our society. I, I can remember when I could buy a beautiful car that would give me years of transportation. And I'm not that old, and I, I can remember when they sold for under $2,000. brand new, right out of the showroom. Yeah, they were made out of material. My, my wife tells me my problem is I live in yesterday. I, I tell her that's the truth. It's true. Time has passed me by. I, I just can't relate with today's prices. I can remember when they sold for about 30 bucks. This one here was 120. And that was because the church was nice to me and gave it to me for a Christmas present about four or five years ago. Probably couldn't even touch it for 120 now. But no wonder people find that it's hopeless. They want to give up. They're tired of holding on. They're tired of the struggle. And so we need hope. Amen? Let's take a look at the nature of hope. The word hope, as we often use it, uh, is very weak. We say, boy, I sure hope it doesn't snow. Guess what? It snows. I hope it doesn't rain. And it rains. It pours, as a matter of fact. I hope I get a raise. And taxes go up. The rent goes up food prices go up. Did my pay go up? No, I'm paying more out. I'm probably earning more today than I ever earned in my life. And I got less. I can remember when I worked for 35 cents an hour. Now you can cook McDonald's hamburgers for 550. We say, we have a faint hope, a feeble hope, a desperate hope. None of that sounds very encouraging, does it? As a matter of fact, the way we use the word hope, all hope is absent, more or less wishful thinking. (laughs) But that's not the way the Bible uses it. The word hope in the Bible is a robust word. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 5. Chapter 5 and verse 2. Oh, let's start with verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we, we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. I want to stop there for a minute. I want want you to notice the progression. Tribulation. Tribulation. Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. No wonder we have so many characters around. You know that? Most of us have probably had enough tribulation and stuff already that we ought to be living in hope. Because as we go through each one of these processes, it produces hope. Because if he got us through it one time, he'll get us through it again. Amen? Amen? If you've had a trial uh, trial, and you had to persevere and you've seen God deliver you once, you can certainly expect that God's going to deliver you now. And that's what it's talking about there. Let me read down a little bit. Now, hope does not Disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ came, uh, Christ died for the ungodly. Hallelujah. When all seemed like it was lost, God gave us the, the answer. Amen. When you feel like you have absolutely no alternatives, when you hit rock bottom, that's when Christ came into your life. How many of you remember the pit from which you were dug? If God can do that, He can certainly do whatever you need today, can He? Hallelujah. All right, look over at Romans 15. verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Psychiatrist Carl Menninger, to find hope as positive expectation that goes beyond the visible facts. The facts may, if you look at the facts, we're in a lot of trouble. But it's seeing something that goes beyond the facts. And we get that from the God of hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our hope, our positive, and it's based on a confidence in a God that has given us his word, and I believe that it's going to be even as God has said. Amen? Amen? Next, let's take a look at the grounds for hope. What distinguishes Christian hope from uh, wishful thinking? Well, Romans 15, 13, as I just read it to you, I believe gives us the key. It said, Many of, uh, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope as we trust in God, He, through the Holy, Holy Spirit, just kind of puts His hope. You begin to, to have hope that something is going to happen, something is going to take place, that everything is going to be all right. You just have a peace that passes all understanding. Just all of a sudden, you have got a hope within you, and it's put there by the God of hope. It's put there by the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that Christians ought to go around with a hopeless attitude. Our God is a God of hope. And our God uh, will deliver us no matter what the situation. And so we lean upon God, not upon our own understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the, so, the God of hope is the grounds for hope. And God is trustworthy. He is so trustworthy. Is there anyone here that's ever had God break a promise to him? My Bible says that all the promises in, the, in this book are yea and amen in Jesus Christ, everything's yea and amen. Yea and amen. Hallelujah. in Christ. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians. If I can find Second Corinthians, we'll be all set here. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter one and verse 10. This verse, we see past, present, and future. He who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. See, that's where Paul is getting his courage from. God delivered me in the past. He's taken care of me in the present. And He will deliver me in the future. That's hope. Hallelujah. And so, studying Scripture is very important to building hope within a Christian life. Now, if you don't ever read the Scriptures, it's quite easy to lose hope. But as you read the scriptures, we we realize that well, Romans 15 and verse 4 says this, for everything that was written in the past was written for our te- to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. as we look at the Scriptures and we realize that these things were written for our admonition. These things were written for you and I. These were written to encourage us. And we begin to see how God delivered Moses across the Red Sea out of Pharaoh's hands. And we say, oh, that was impossible, and God did it. Yes, God's still doing the impossible. And that's the hope I've got. Praise God. How could Paul fail to be confident and and full of hope? Here he was on a sinking ship. I mean, they had thrown the tackle over with their own hands. They had run a cable around this old wooden ship underneath and over and around it and kind of bound it together, afraid that the thing was going to fall apart. And the, the, the water and the waves had been beating on this thing day after day after day. They had, they had been fasting and praying. They'd thrown, thrown everything overboard that, to, to lighten the ship. And it's surprising what you don't need when life is at stake things that you thought were important before. Here, let me have you, I'll give you a hand. All of a sudden, it doesn't mean too much. He said, this night, an angel of the Lord stood by me, whose I am and whom I serve. And I believe that it's going to be just as he told me. There's not one going to perish on this the ship. Because I've got I've to go before Caesar. And he told me that he's given me everybody that's with me. We're going to lose the ship. But you're not going to lose your life. It's going to be a little damage done, but that's all right. He had a hope. And that hope came through, listen to this, this hope came through the word of God. This hope came through prayer and fasting. Hopeless situation, and he was full of hope. Hallelujah. And so, last of all, we look at the expectation of hope. The Christian confidence is based on Christ and we live in expectation. Over in 2 Peter 3.13, it talks about we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? Hallelujah. A new home. The righteous are going going to have a new home. Jerusalem is going to be let down out of heaven. This new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. foursquare, square. Everything righteous. And he's going to rule and reign. And we're going to rule and reign with him. This world is just a testing ground for you and I to build character, to outfit us for what's to come ahead. You know, you can't learn to run till you've learned to walk. And most of us are still creeping around. God says it's time to get up and walk on faith. Walk on water. Step out on faith. Amen? Glory to God. I'm looking for the return of Christ. And it's called Our Blessed Hope over in uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 13. That's the Christian's blessed hope. Christ, right when everything seems to be falling apart, Jesus is going to come. Jesus is going to come. Hallelujah. And only those who have personally put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior have this hope within them. I'll tell you, the one who hasn't accepted Jesus as a Savior doesn't have any hope. If you're looking for Judgment Day without Jesus, that's a pretty hopeless situation. But you know, the great thing about it is salvation is for whosoever will. If you're here this morning and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, this can be your day. This can be the day when, when all of your sins, though they be like scarlet, can be made white as snow. This is when you can get hooked up to the energy source. When you can get plugged right into Jesus Christ and he'll help you through your problems. He's not going to deliver you from them. He's going, to, he's going to help you through them. He's going to build character in you, he's going to give you power from on high. That is the hope that we have. Because he lives, we can live also. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask our organist to come back here to the organ, would you please? Hallelujah. I want everyone to just bow their heads in prayer. Got a couple of questions I want to I want to ask you, and I'd like you to be in a spiritual attitude, a spiritual uh, attitude in which Christ can speak to your heart. See, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Hallelujah. While everyone's praying, Perhaps in here this morning, we have someone that has never accepted Jesus as their Savior, and they know that if they were to die today, that they would face a judgment without Jesus. The books would be opened, and all their sins would be dragged out. But the greatest sin of all would be that they had a chance to accept Jesus Christ and they didn't do it. On the other hand, the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart today. And you feel that little nudge and you feel, hey, that pastor's up there talking to me. I've never accepted Jesus. I'm the one he's talking to. And I wanna do it this morning. I'd like to accept Jesus so that I can have this hope that you've been talking about all morning. I need Jesus. I need a hope. I need to know that there's more to this life than what I've seen of it so far. If you're that person or persons, would you raise your hand and let me see your hand, please. I'll pray for you this morning, and we can pray a little prayer together, and this can be the first day of a new life. Is there anyone? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone praying, please. Hallelujah. One other question I have to ask this morning. You feel the Holy Spirit's talking to your heart. You've been going through some real discouragement. hopelessness you didn't know why you were feeling that way you've given your heart to Jesus but I you'd say this morning pastor I've really been kind of depressed kind of discouraged and I need that lively hope just lift your hand, that I might see those hands, and then, yes, I see those hands, hallelujah, yes, praise God, hallelujah, yes, I see that hand, praise you, Lord, I'm going to ask that those that raised their hands would just stand right in place. I want you to just stand right in place, and then I want some some other Christians to just gather next to them and, and, and lay hands on them. Maybe you'll have to cross the church to do it even. It's all right. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. One of the hopes we have is that when we're going through troubled waters... God has placed us in the family of God and there's others that have gone through the same thing that you've gone through and so now they're able to comfort you with the comfort whereby God has comforted them. They're not pointing fingers at you. They know exactly how you feel because they've been there. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, right now we pray the prayer of faith. God, we know that you're a God of hope, and that these trials and these tribulations that we go through are not meant to discourage us, but they are meant to to encourage us, because, Lord, through tribulation you form character, and by this character we develop hope. God, we can't help how we feel, and it's not a sin to feel the way we feel, because God, we're subject to the flesh. But praise God, we have a lively hope. We have a God that we can call upon. We have a God that hears prayer. We have a God that answers prayer. And we are able to overcome this thing through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, would you... Let the power of Almighty God descend on these that have opened their hearts to you, that have uh, confessed before you that they're in need of help. God, may we as a body of Christ remember to pray for them this week. God, may they not feel condemnation from us, but may they feel the power and the love of Christ through us. May they feel the encouragement God, don't let them go. Don't let them turn aside. Don't let them turn back. God, let the strength of the Holy Spirit come into their bees right now. Lord, I had a woman that called me all the way from Amsterdam this week. And God, she's been going through three years of discouragement. And she tried to run away from you. But I was the last pastor she had, and she knew that she could call me and that she could find hope. Well, God, I pray for that lady this morning. I pray, God, that you would fill her with a freshness and a newness, that, God, she might know the strength that she once knew in the Holy Spirit. God, where he who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. God, we hold this treasure in an earthen vessel. We need one another, and we need one another's prayers. God, give us a sense of our need for one another, and and help us to pray one for another that we might be healed. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord.